Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And welcome to episode 371 of Geek Town Radio. I'm Dave and I'm back with... Gray, how are you doing? Uh, Hello, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. So, uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? So, uh, end of January, I was was unwell again. Surprise, surprise. Had a horrendous uh, case of the flu, which meant I had a long weekend sitting in and I got to watch quite a few bits. Then this week, uh, half term came around and I got out and I went to the cinema. And weirdly, as the resident film critic, I know I'm terrible at this role, (laughs) I went to see my first film of 2023. I just haven't had a moment to get out to the cinema and I went and watched Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania which uh, is obviously Marvel's big release um, yes. after Black Panther and I, I I didn't know what to expect um, I went on the Saturday and the release was on the Friday and there are already bubblings around of lots of negativity just before I went but I was like I'm gonna go with a nice sort of like blank canvas I wanted to be able to just take my own opinion and, and you know what it's a good film you know it's a fair film it's quite a complex storyline if you're thinking about it but if you just try and pass that and just enjoy it for what it is it's okay I'm not saying it's incredible and amazing but we have been spoiled by such amazing films in the MCU yes I can understand why people are like this but I was I was having it out with one of my students today about this. I was like, <laughs> you, you just have you're all jumping on a couple of negative reviews, and then I, I dug down with this student and realised he actually didn't like Marvel that much. I thought, so you're actually not one to comment. Yeah. Um, if you had seen the entire Marvel catalogue, you know, you will have an informed reason. You know. There are reasons why I do not like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but that's my own opinion based on watching so many of them. But I will respect other people's opinions. And so there was a bit of debate about it. But I liked it. I didn't think it was incredible. It's not going into my top 10 or top 15. It's probably scraping around the top 20-ish mark. Definitely better than Thor Dark World. Uh, Dark World, you mean the second one? Yeah, Dark World, the second one. Definitely better than that. Definitely better than Doctor Strange. That, to me, is still at the very bottom. Um, (laughs) And, you know, if you put it on... on, I love Paul Rudd. He's a really charismatic actor and brings a lot to the screen. Um, Jonathan Majors, who plays our next big villain, we've already seen him in Loki. Really good actor, really giving it to the screen. Quite fascinating. It's quite contrived how the storyline gets there and things like that. But, you know, I enjoyed it i recommend marvel fans go and see it if you're not a marvel fan don't go and see it and don't just tag on to the hype that it's a terrible movie and no one else should go and see it but just you know go and enjoy it for what it is you need to see it to see where this phase is going in my opinion yes i mean it's the start of the new phase as i understand it the proper introduction of kang as as the sort of big new villain one of the reviews i caught the headline of said it's not necessarily a great ant-man and wasp movie but it is a great introduction to Kang. So yeah. yeah, and I get that. And I get that. There's go and see it. That's my gonna say. Go and see it if you're a Marvel fan um, and enjoy it for what it is. Do not get too bogged down in quantum mechanics, is my other suggestion as well. Well, yes, quite. <laughs> uh, TV wise, so in my time of being off, I got through a few of the new series that released this year I've been talking about. So I completed Everyone Else Burns, which is a Simon Bird Channel 4 comedy. Yes. Our Fag Means Death on BBC One. I really enjoyed it, but maybe it was me. I didn't love it. 
I appreciated it. I like Taika Waititi and I like what he brings to the role. And I just appreciated it in the end. I wasn't there thinking it was amazing. And I've heard some amazing people thinking it's for some of the one of the best things to come out of like HBO Max. Is it HBO Max possibly? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, so. in a while. I just appreciated it. Maybe yeah, I, my I, tastes are changing. I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, it's a solid enough comedy. It's entertaining. It's very mm. much Taika's humour. He's not actually the person behind it, but it, no. it's very much in that kind of area. I'm sort of with you. Yeah. It's not up there with hacks no. in terms of um, to- being a, a brilliantly well-written comedy, but it is a very yeah. entertaining, I, I thought, and it, it, it's nice yeah. seeing it as a pirate comedy. Yeah, And thinking of it in, in terms of the, the- creative backgrounds and those crossover links i actually still prefer what we do in the shadows right i'd like if you know because there are some creative crossovers there based on like the original film what we do in the shadows and i actually still prefer that and i enjoy the comedy of that I mean, Half Flag Means Death had a lot of British actors on there. You, you had Gaz Khan, you had Con O'Neill, mm-hmm. um, you know, really bringing it to the screens. But in my mind, it's not as good as, you know, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Also finished Nolly, brilliant. Helena Bonham Carter's brilliant. Russell T. Davis, just really excited. The next one currently sitting as my number one program of 2023, and it will sit there for quite a while, I believe. Happy Valley. Yeah. Um, the final season was just uh, emotional torture, but it absolutely was brilliant. And it will take a, a lot this year to knock that off number one spot. And then I'm doing the things like Chicago Fire and Med. I'm watching those. Shrinking, I'm watching. I'm I'm midway through Lockwood and Co. And Dave, here's my revelation. (laughs) Based on your advice, I am four episodes into The Last of Us. Good. Okay. Are you going to be the one dissenting voice in this? (laughs) No, I am enjoying it very much. I think, I don't know, part of me was really worried that it was just going to be, every episode was going to be action-packed and killing and death and zombies and actually it's a real story about humanity and people and personalities and i'm not sure i I haven't been able to listen to you and matt but episode three was just (laughs) beautiful yeah the way it was told and you know and how the story was delivered and yeah absolutely incredible so thank you for pursuing it with me and telling me to go out and watch it yeah but yeah i am enjoying it i'm about a week behind i'm not quite on track I normally wait until a weekend and I know it gets released on a Monday. Right. And then watch one. And then the other weekend when I was ill, I sort of backtracked a bit. And then I think the Super Bowl, they put one out early. It all confused yes, me. So, yes, yeah, I watched episode four over the weekend and then I realized five was ready and six was about to drop. So, yeah, I will probably catch up with that. Yes. Um, Matt, so that's, Matt, and that... I, Matt and I are one episode ahead. So because uh, oh, <laughs> we've got previews of it. So, uh, so yes, uh, we're recording the podcast slightly earlier than the, the like the week before the episode goes out uh, but it continues to be phenomenal that show it's uh, been just amazing i mean it's going to be there with my top 10 it, it's sitting there at the moment i yeah. mean happy valley is definitely taking my top spot but it's definitely sitting up there as one of the really good creative pieces and it surprised me it's pleasantly surprised me yeah. and i think that's that's what's what's key uh that's basically what else i've been watching there are other little bits you know me and the entertainment stuff like the last leg and the graham norton show and things like that that yeah, i yeah. watch weekly in and out anyway the only thing i've, I've got a question of is i was happily watching 911 up until christmas so the episodes are dropping weekly and i was watching imdb and they were they were there were many episodes still aired ahead and then suddenly it just stopped nothing yes. and and so where's it is it coming back to yeah it is it is coming back uh it's on a mid-season break at the moment lone star has just dropped randomly out of nowhere this week right so you can get on and jump onto lone star for the moment um i think it's back in march let me just double check that in the us i don't know when it's going to drop over here because i'm anticipating gray's anatomy and station 19 are going to come soon and with my chicago fire and chicago med maybe one too many procedurals (laughs) you've got a little bit of time for gray's and station 19 they're back in march 
Okay. And 911 is also back in March. So there's oh. going to be a glut of them dropping in March. So get your other procedural stuff out of the way first. Oh, but no, med and fire are going to go on for 21 weeks now. I'm yeah. trapped in. I'm locked in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, what have you been watching over the last week, Dave? Well, I started, obviously, the big show this week, which is Star Trek Picard Season 3, which uh, they announced you can actually watch on Prime Video or Paramount Plus, depending what you have available. So both of those are airing it. They kind of came up with a joint deal so they could both air it at the same time. This season is kind of disconnected to the previous seasons in a lot of ways. Some of the characters from the previous seasons cross over, but not all of them. So if you kind of didn't get on with the first two seasons, you sort of can jump in with this one if you're a Next Generation fan, because of course this does have pretty much all of the Next Generation cast back. It essentially starts with Beverly Crusher, and she is somewhere in the middle of nowhere on a ship and it gets attacked and she sends out an emergency distress call to Picard. It turns out that her and Picard haven't really been talking for 20 years so he's somewhat surprised that, to get any form of communication from her and it's encoded and, you know, all that sort of stuff. He's like, well, if she's in trouble and the fact that she's even contacted me in the first place, we need to go and find out what's happening. So that's when he starts to put the team together and goes and gets Riker and ends up with other people involved as well. In the first episode, we only really see Riker, Seven of Nine. We see a bit of Raffi, who is one of the new, newer characters from the uh, previous couple of seasons as well. We get introduced to Sydney LaForge, I think it is, who is the helmsman on the Titan, which is Riker's old ship. And obviously, being LaForge, it's, uh, I think, one of the daughters of Geordie LaForge. There is actually both these daughters are in the show. So we're sort of waiting for the other big guest stars to show up. But that's sort of been the main cast at the moment. It's a really solid opening to it. It is called The Next Generation, this episode as well, which is rather sweet. But weekly drops on Paramount Plus and on Prime Video as well. So you can go and watch it in both those places. It's 10 episodes long. I'm all for this. I'm very interested to see where it ends whether all the characters make it through to the end or or what they do with them because they are saying this is the final season of Picard there have been stories of like well maybe it'll come back although my gut feeling is that it's unlikely to come back as Star Trek Picard it's more likely to be they'll pick another character and go with them if they're going to do that. So it might be a Riker season or it could be a Geordie LaForge season or something like that. I I suspect they're more likely to go down that route than they are to actually do Picard again. But first season, a little bit all over the place. I enjoyed the second season a lot more. Third season looking like it's going to be a really solid start. So um, where are you with the Star Trek stuff these days? Are you watching Uh, any of them? I read a lot. I read a lot about the canon, the characters they bring back and things like that. And I've read just in the initial reactions that there was a lot of Trek fans that were really disappointed in two. And this sort of is starting to make up for it. But I've listened to something this morning, which basically said, you could almost ignore two and jump straight into three and you'd be fine. Um, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, to be honest, you could pretty much, I mean, apart from we've only seen one character so far, I think, that's kind of made the crossover from the previous seasons, which is uh, Rafi. So at the moment, I I mean, I would say you can pretty much jump into that third season if you want Mm. to, and if you want to kind of catch up with the old crew, that would be the way to do it. So that's been the big show this week. I'm also actually just caught up on 911 uh i i was way way behind on that so i've been watching through those episodes so i'm caught up on that now and started lone star as well because uh that dropped this week so it's one of those surprise disney plus drops that they didn't tell us about and it's like here's a new season you're like oh yeah we could give us some warning but yes (laughs) i'm glad it's on there was another new show on apple which is called hello tomorrow which i really like the look of but it's a very odd premise it is a sort of science fiction 
action dramedy kind of i explained the setup as being that sort of 1950s futuristic environment so if any of you have played fallout it's basically like fallout before all the bombs dropped so it's it's that sort of vision of what they thought the future was going to be in the 1950s it's got that sort of weird not steampunky but that sort of 50s future tech vibe to it so it's it's a really interesting kind of setup in terms of the environment and this sort of retro futuristic world focused on a group of traveling salesmen who are selling timeshares to the moon to go and live on the moon basically they, they've got um you know the moon has been this sort of plaything for the rich and famous and they're trying to sell these timeshares to the general public as a sort of you know slightly cheaper way of being able to get up and spending time on the moon that's essentially what it is it's billy crudup in the lead role he plays the sort of lead salesman then there's hank azaria as well he plays one of the others alison pill is in there a few of the names and faces i struggled a little bit with it to be honest it's it's rare that that happens with an apple show but it's one of those things where it's not comedic enough as it necessarily needs to be it's not drama enough as it needs to be and i don't really see where the story is going other than you're following this group of traveling salesmen there is a bit of a twist to that at the end of the first episode which obviously i'm not going to give away now but i i don't know i I, I may try and push myself through a second episode, but it didn't grab me as much as I needed it to, I don't think, with the first episode, which is a shame because I really like the setup and the environment for it. I just don't feel the story is quite as strong as maybe it needs to be. It could be one of those things that it takes a few episodes to bed in. I'm not sure, but it's got a solid cast. It's just not quite there yet at the moment for me. I've been seeing a lot of promo for it. Um, when I go in to watch Shrinking, um, yes. you either get a promo for that or a promo for Eugene Levy's new program, which starts yeah. next week. I thought the concept looked a bit odd when when the trailer came up for the first time. I couldn't tell what it was trying to be in terms of genre. Mm -hmm. It was a bit nondescript and I didn't know if it would be a comedy and then I just said, well, what Billy Crudup is he really known for anything but sort of sci-fi stuff? So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I don't think I'd be rushing to watch it. And it's something that doesn't begin with an S that's on Apple. So, you know, you've <laughs> got to have that caution. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think that's interesting that you say that from the trailer because that's sort of what you get from the show as well as it. I don't think it quite knows what it wants to be. If it went out and out comedy, I think it could work. If it went drama it could work the problem is it sort of tries to sit somewhere in the middle and doesn't really nail either um mm. so i don't know like i say i might try and go and watch another episode of it and see whether it finds its feet as you get further through it but yeah the the first episode didn't really grab me anywhere near as much as it needed to unfortunately those are the main things i've been watching this week let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs> 2020 sweeping changes um one of those changes seems to be that they are focusing more on what they call their core brands so that is things like disney shows themselves you know straight up sort of disney fair marvel star wars pixar stuff you know they're focusing mm. rather more around those brands directly 
which seems to mean that a lot of the other things are going to be going by the wayside unless they're hitting quite big numbers. They are also slowing down the the release of the Marvel TV shows because I think part of the problem had been the previous boss had been trying to churn them out at an accelerated rate. And we'd been hearing a lot of rumblings from people like FX houses that they just cannot get things finished quickly enough and the quality is starting to suffer. So they're slowing down the releases of some of the Marvel stuff, but they are focusing more on that stuff. So we'll see where all that plays out. But the upshot of that is two shows cancelled this week. Big Shot and Mighty Ducks Game Changes both have been canned by Disney Plus after two seasons. So they're both going. Both sports shows as well. I don't know whether you caught either of them, but not ones I watched. Blood and Treasure, which I think runs on Sky Sci-Fi over here, but that has been cancelled after two seasons, which that's been coming for a while. The second season was sort of held in circulation for months and years, was kicking around for ages until they eventually released it. I think it was on CBS. That's sort of a a swashbuckling adventure kind of thing, Indiana Jonesy type of thing. But yes, that's gone after two seasons, so not overly surprised by that. Apparently still open all hours has been accessed after six seasons on BBC One, which is a little bit of a surprise because the numbers have been quite good for it. I don't know whether it's just cost cutting or whether David Jason doesn't want to do it anymore. I'm not sure the reasons for it, but yes, apparently that will not be coming back after six seasons. I mean, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to play that character anymore. I don't know. I remember the original show, so you know. (laughs) I I knew, I watched probably the first two of the renewed when it came back, but um, it was very much for a certain audience. Yes. Um, You know, but, you know, I saw David Jason in a recent interview, aging very much and he can't do things forever. So maybe he just didn't want to revisit that character much longer. And I know there were some stories about COVID controls. They're having issues with coming back after all the COVID delays. So that could be a factor as well. Well, um, yes. I mean, David Jason is... 83 which mm. i mean he although he apparently he has said that he would be up for doing more and it might be one of those things that they they pop out the old christmas episode or or something like that you never know um mm. but i mean it went off in 2019 and it looks like it's just one of those things that i think post covid they've just decided they're not going to bring it back so that's gone. In terms of sort of entertainment shows, though, it's been oh, an ITV. absolute massacre this week. Oh. Um, I mean, across all channels, actually. So Axed on ITV, The Masked Dancer, Ninja Warrior UK, Alan Carr's Epic Game Show, and Apocalypse Wow, which was on ITV2. That's all the stuff gone on ITV. The biggest surprise, I think, is I can see your voice has been axed by BBC, apparently. That's gone. Catchpoint has been axed. I think that did four seasons. And then... Then over on Dave, The Island with Tom Allen, that's gone on Dave. And then there's a show called Moneybags, which has been axed by Channel 4. Although, to be fair, that's not directly Channel 4. I think the company that was making it went under, So, which is ironic for a show called Moneybags. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, ITV had a real clear out. They, they Mass Dancer, Ninja Warrior UK, Alan Carr's Epic Game Show, and Apocalypse Wow, all gone. I, I don't know whether you caught any of those. I saw a little bit so I can see your voice. And I mean, it, it seemed to be a big thing. I don't know whether it's, mm. it's a licensing thing because it, it was a US show so maybe the license cost a fortune for the BBC and it's not making the numbers it needed to I don't know I don't know like them having a massive clear out of entertainment seems very weird in the culture where ITAVX are making this promise of releasing new shows every week wonder if they're all too expensive I have read sort of rumours around that Alan Carr is becoming very much attached to BBC with a lot of his work yes. at the moment. So that could be a reason why he, he's leaving ITV, because I think he's got something coming up on the BBC he has, um, yes. of, of a new programme. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised I can see your voice when it wasn't one of the popular entertainment shows on a Saturday night. And I think this time around, did it go up against Limitless Win or something like that? Right, and so, okay. and that was probably winning. And the island with Tom Allen was terrible. I watched that. <laughs> I love Tom Allen. But you tune into a Dave, I'll say panel show comedy, and it was the same four comedians every week for like Ooh. eight weeks. It just what didn't work. You needed that variety. And they just kept going on and on about it was like um, 
six hours split over eight episodes with this old idea they were colonizing a new island and audience had to vote who came up with the best idea it wasn't good and tom allen is better than that so yeah i think it's the right decision and i weirdly loved money bags um well me and a friend got absolutely addicted to it when it first we first found it but we didn't watch it after that we just got addicted to it for all the episodes we were in it's a ridiculous concept but yeah we loved it at the time yes i i sort of saw some bits and pieces of I can see your voice but yeah I, I I think like I say I think that was a bought-in format and if it's not hitting big numbers for the BBC they've they've got other things they can use and mm. you know it may be that that was the case with that I mean Catchpoint did four seasons it's just one of those things there's a few of those sort of shows like there's the Catchpoint there's The Wall as well which is <laughs> which is kind of entertaining you know there's a lot of those sort of things around and that one's just gone by the wayside unfortunately so yeah being a bit of a slaughter on the entertainment front this week over on the renewal side of things Outer Banks is being renewed for season four ahead of its Netflix release of season three which is unheard of for Netflix I mean when do they ever renew anything early let alone Uh, I mean so uh, and it wasn't like they renewed it saying this will be the final season either they they said it's getting a fourth season you know because usually if they do an early renewal it's like we're renewing it for a fourth and final season but yeah they didn't say that at the time I don't think so and they won't let us know about Lockwood and Co yet come on (laughs) yeah exactly Outer Banks has been a huge thing they actually did a, a, a massive launch thing in LA this week as well like a a sort of big music festival thing for that show so I don't know what sort of numbers it's getting but clearly it's quite a lot they've renewed that for season four that's coming ahead of the uh, season three release which is later this week and uh, Poker Face which hasn't been picked up over here yet it's a Peacock series in the US that's been renewed for a second season stars Natasha Lyon it's from Ryan Johnson and that's been getting great reviews so I hope that lands somewhere over here given that it's a Peacock series and I mean we do technically at the moment still have peacock although i think it's getting shut down i don't know what they'll do with the shows that were on it whether they'll get absorbed into other sky things or or what i don't know but um peacock seems to be on the verge of not being a thing anymore Uh, i mean it was very half-hearted the way they managed it on over here anyway because it was sort of put on as a sort of branded box sets on sky but it wasn't like its own individual streaming service or anything it was just Mm. sort of there is a box set section called peacock basically so that seems to be uh closing down by the looks of things but hopefully we'll we'll get that somewhere over here because i mean it's still even though i mean it's still running in america as peacock and it's still part of nbc which is a sister station to sky so i hope that will land somewhere but that's supposed to be quite good so we'll we'll have to see if that pops up anywhere over in pickups and other news they announced a few things coming to itvx in march a lot of uh, big us box sets they've got stuff coming in March and April actually in March you've got Gotham landing on the 9th of March as the full box set of the whole thing Community on the 16th of March Jane the Virgin on the 23rd of March and then in April you've got the originals coming on the 6th of April Parks and Rec coming on the 13th of April and Mr. Robot landing on the 20th of April so uh, yeah great set of uh, US box sets to be able to get through I mean I've, I've seen Gotham already and I've seen the originals but I've never actually got all the way through like I've seen bits and pieces of Community and Parks and Rec but they're good ones to look out for and Mr. Robot is well worth a watch if you've not caught Mm. that yet they also announced that Crime which is an adaptation of the Irving Welsh novel that is coming on the 27th of April. It's a uh, six-episode series set in Edinburgh. stars Dugrace Scott in the lead role as Detective Inspector Ray Lennox, who is investigating the disappearance of a schoolgirl while battling his own personal demons. It's got Angela Griffin, Ken Stott in there as well. Don't recognise any of the other names. And they've already ordered a second season of it. So, yeah, that's called Crime 27th april that's popping up on there that's going to be an itvx series exclusive i think and then i think they come onto itv at some point sort of six 12 months down the line but for for now it will be an itvx exclusive it's really good about those acquisitions so someone has really done good uh, yeah. in, in the itvx office 
because you're going to get some really good. And, and a lot of those have come over from Netflix or Prime. So they've been yeah. grabbed out of contract at probably the right time to go over. I will probably watch crime. I'm into my crime stuff at the moment. Um, I've still got the final episode of Vera to watch this week, but I do I do love a good sort of crime thriller. And, you know, some of the stuff on ITVX, if you're thinking about Nolly and that, it's been yeah. really good so far. So they have pulled it out of the bag when, you know, this time last year, I was actually berating the whole ITV system and the <laughs> hub. And, like, I would hardly go on there unless it was, like, Anton Deck Saturday Night Takeaway or something. I'd probably avoid the channel. Yes, they have done a really solid job with ITVX. And... The fact that it's free, and even if you actually pay for it, you're actually only paying the same price you would if you paid for exclusive content off BritBox, and you get all the BritBox content as part of ITVX. So I don't understand why BritBox is still running as a separate service, because it's the same price as an ITVX premium subscription, which removes all the ads. (laughs) <laughs> and you get all the bricks box content. So, I mean, there's absolutely no point. But yes, because I mean, I, I got premium for uh, Staged for the third season of Staged. I've got a premium account. Plus, I can't stand ads. So, you know, and I already had a brick box account. So I cancelled the brick box and like moved it over onto ITVX. But yeah, worth the money, though, definitely. And even without the money, you can go and watch all that stuff for free anyway. So it's a pretty decent deal, I think. That's worth checking out ITVX if you haven't looked at it already. A couple of other things as well. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, that has been given a premiere date. It's coming the 4th of May onto Netflix. Did you watch any of Bridgerton? I voided me completely, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, I watched both seasons. One was slightly better than two and it you know we all tuned in for certain elements of it in the first instance but actually had some really good storytelling the only little gripe i had is the the episodes were slightly too long for my liking right but um it it just comes from like a downton perspective and in terms of like making those episodes like really long and you know you've invested but no um i really like the character of queen charlotte as well and historically you know i I get up on my geeky stuff when i realize they're based on a real character it's a fascinating story her you know her reign during the time of her mad husband king who was struck down with mental illness um and you know so there is an interesting element there that makes me potentially want to watch this one yes so uh 4th of may for that one that's going to be the the bridgerton spin-off i think that's a an individual one-off spin-off thing i could be wrong about that but i think it's a sort of limited series thing the other news that popped up was they're apparently looking to make a new UK version of Jeopardy. Are you aware of Jeopardy? Big US I game am, show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Jeopardy's been running for years in the US and they are looking to make a new UK version of it. They've done it a couple of times before, but they apparently shot a pilot with Richard Madeley hosting last year. However, it didn't work, but they are looking still to go back to it again. And the person they're looking to host it apparently is Stephen Fry, which seems like a quite good, cuddly yeah. kind of figure to to fit in there and has the sort of gravitas that I think you probably need for something like Jeopardy. I think he's been courted as host at the moment. He apparently is the favourite for it. Whether that means he's going to do it or not is an entirely different matter, of course. But they're looking to do that potentially as a daytime thing. Could stand to to have some Jeopardy come back. I mean, you know, we like things like Pointless and it's de- it's in that kind of lane, isn't it, I guess? It's really out there to have Fry back as a regular host of a TV show, considering obviously he stepped down from QI those many years ago. Well, yes. Um, I, when I saw the name attached, I was it just took me back a bit. It was like, oh, really? He's, you know, he's in the running. You know, you could potentially see this as being like a Stephen Mulhern or Ryland vehicle normally yeah, exactly. when it's a, yeah. an ITV show like that. But, you know, good on him if he, if he does get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be very much whether they can convince him to do it or not, because it's one of those things that it will depend on the length of the run and how much work it is, I would suspect, mm. because if it's stopping him doing other stuff, then that's a problem. And, I, you know, so we'll see. I It did specifically say he was being caught to host it not that he is hosting it so it's one of those rumors that are out there i i don't know whether that will happen but i was in the same position as you i was like looking at it going really well hmm, interesting so uh yeah we'll see but jeopardy could be making a uk comeback again moving on to other news stories the bbc has ordered a thing called the way which is described as a bold new drama it's written by james Graham, who is the person that wrote Quiz and wrote Sherwood. It's been directed, not starred. 
starring but directed by Michael Sheen. And it's co-created by Sheen Graham and a man called Adam Curtis, who did a thing called The Power of Nightmares and Hypernormalization. Three-part drama taps into the social political chaos of today's world by imagining a civil uprising which begins in a small industrial town. Uh, it says, meet the Driscolls, an ordinary family and an extraordinary story of life, death and survival, caught in a chain of events and power struggles that ripple out, unleashing civil unrest. They are forced to escape the country they've always called home and the certainties of their old lives. Will they be overwhelmed by their memories of the past or will the Driscolls lay their ghosts to rest and take a risk of an unknown future? The Way is an emotional, darkly humorous story about what it means to be faced with impossible choices. So that's the setup for it. It's being shot in Port Talbot, I think, which is where Michael Sheen comes from. Interesting one. It doesn't say whether he's going to be starring in it and directing it as well or just directing it, but we'll see. I love a bit of Michael Sheen. He's, he's so good. He is. And a civil unrest thing in a sort of small industrial town is kind of an interesting concept particularly with everything that's going on at the moment in the world. Uh, so, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But it is, um, BBC have ordered it, so it's, it's only going to be three episodes. It's one of their little three-episode dramas. We want to watch out for Don't know when that's dropping. I think it's shooting later this year. Over on Apple, they dropped a trailer for something called Extrapolations, which I started watching the trailer not knowing anything about it. And it's one of those things that you start watching going, oh, they're in it. That's interesting. Oh, wait, they're in it. And they're in it. And they're in it. And they're in it. (laughs) Hang on. How many names are attached to this? This is ridiculous. So I was sat watching this trailer and the idea of it is, is it's from a guy called uh, Scott Zeb Burns. It introduces a near future where the chaotic events of climate change have become embedded into everyday lives. It's eight interwoven stories about love, work, faith and family from across the globe will explore the intimate life altering choices that must be made when the planet is changing faster than the population. Every story is different, but the fight for our future is universal. And when the fate of humanity is up against a ticking clock, the battle between courage and complacency has never been more urgent. Are we brave enough to become the solution to our own undoing before it's too late? So it's a sort of eco-drama set in a kind of near future is, is the setup for it, which is possibly why they've managed to get so many names attached to it. But the cast list is ridiculous. Kit Harrington, David Diggs, Matthew Reese, Ed Norton, Toby Maguire, Forrest Whitaker, Heather Graham, Sienna Miller, Inada Verma, Gemma Chan, Michael Gandolfini, Kerry Russell, Marion Coltiard. Uh, there's a bunch of people that I don't recognise as uh, Judd Hirsch, Sherry Gold, Terry Jones, Gash Chowdhury, Ben Harper, Murray Bartlett, David Schwimmer, Diane Lane, and because there aren't enough A-listers already in this, Meryl Streep. I mean, oh, <laughs> was Brad Pitt busy? Yeah, apparently <laughs> so. I mean, I just, just like uh, Scott Z. Burns, by the way, is the person that did contain an inconvenient truth and the report he's the writer director and exec producer of it but um that is a ridiculous cast list for it it is obviously a limited series or if they go to a second season it could be an entirely different cast because they're telling sort of different stories but you'd, you'd want to see it wouldn't you i mean if we think about five years ago we were saying like meryl had never been in any tv shows and yeah. then big sky only murders in the building and now this all, all happening within it within the space of a few years and you know she does choose well because all of those shows she's been in are quite phenomenal shows so you've got to consider that this will be another good shout for Meryl she, she does make good choices normally yeah well that's true we don't know where, how big the roles are going to be for each of these people whether they're you know I mean there's so many cast in there whether they're going to be in little cluster groups and or, or what I don't know but yeah I mean Kit Harrington clearly has a, a sort of fairly large role in this. Um, it is weird. You should go watch the trailer because it is weird because you sat there watching through it and just like, hang on, was that Ed Norton? <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> hang on, that was Toby Maguire. What are they doing in there? This is Gerald oh, Chan, really. Yeah, no, it is. It's very strange, that trailer. But yeah, it's called Extrapolations. Not entirely sure when it's dropping yet. But yes, that's a limited series. It's coming to Apple TV at some point fairly soon. 
Moving over onto film news, there's some details about another Hellboy movie, which, given how badly the last one flopped, I'm surprised they're sort of starting again. But there are, there are a few differences with this uh, this new one. It's called Hellboy the Crooked Man, which is based on a very specific comic book. So it's not an original story completely. It is based on, on a book. And Mike Mignola, who is the creator of the comics, is actually, for the first time, writing the script for it. So it's actually got people that know what they're doing behind it this time around, which is a good thing to be uh, dealing with, I think. The new film will see Hellboy and a rookie BPRD agent stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia. There they discover a small community haunted by witches led by a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past called The Crooked Man. In the comic, The Crooked Man was an 18th century miser and war profiteer named Jeremiah Whitkin, who was hanged for his crimes yet returned from hell as the region's resident devil. So that's the sort of setup for it. It's coming from Millennium, who were the people that behind the previous movie. So I, maybe that David Harbour comes back, we don't know, because they were behind the 2019 film, but that didn't get great returns. So I don't know whether it, they get a new cast in or not. We'll have to wait and see. Brian Taylor, who is the person that directed Crank, is apparently the person behind directing this, which isn't a glowing endorsement. I no, don't think necessarily. Would, that's probably not the one you'd go with. No. <laughs> I'd call him first time director. That's his only one that he's done. <laughs> yes. I don't know whether he's got anything else. Let me look. So definitely no Ron Perlman attached, no? <laughs> no, definitely no Ron Perlman attached. He did the Brave... Well, he has done some interesting stuff, actually. He did Brave New World, which was the TV series, which did did get canned after one season on Peacock, but it was actually all right, that show. He was the writer of Happy as well and created that TV series, which was wonderfully bonkers and directed some number of episodes of that. I mean, as I say, the Crank franchise is one of the things that he's known for. Jonah Hex, he wrote the screenplay for. Oh. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, mixed bag, I think. But, you know, Happy, which was a comic book adaptation and was a fairly direct comic book adaptation, that maybe stands him in reasonable stead. So that so, was Christopher Maloney and the Unicorn, wasn't it? Yes, that was Christopher Never Maloney and the that sentence. <laughs> Yes. Based on a Grant Morrison comic, that one was. So, and I think Grant did write quite a lot of that, but he also was involved in some of the writing and, and the directing in that. So we'll see. They're talking to cast at the moment, as I say, they don't know whether it's going to be David Harbour again or whether it's going to be somebody entirely new. But I mean, I, I watched the, the original two movies and quite enjoyed those and then didn't, like many people, see the reboot. I know it got slammed. I, I don't know whether you caught any of that. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I remember the first Hellboy was one of my first terrible cinema experiences where they'd oversold the seats and I had to sit in the corridor on the exit. <laughs> oh how God. random is that? that? And that's how popular it was on that first release. Uh, but yeah. That was the Ron Perlman one. So, and I sort of really enjoyed the, the dark element of that comic book, but I never went and saw the reboot because I think, again, I was too swayed by the early reviews. Uh, yeah. Uh, for my own shame, really. So Yes, I sort of feel like I should go and look the reboot up on streaming to see what it was actually like. But, I mean, it's such a hard act to follow, though, because Ron Perlman was born to play that role. Yeah, so definitely. It was always going to be a really tough act to follow that. That is in development at the moment. And as I say, there are some saving graces behind it, like the fact that Mike Minella is actually the person that has written the script for it, alongside Chris Golden, who is the other person that writes the Dark Horse comic books with him. So it has got people that know something about it, behind it which is a good mm. sign we have got one more news story this week and it's another remake and i mean it was sort of only a matter of time that this was going to pop up because we've had like magnum we've had hawaii 5 starsky and hutch is the next thing that uh, they're going to attempt to do a remake of uh, it's fox that are the people that are behind this remake do you remember the original starsky and hutch yeah i remember the original vaguely not like well on yeah. broadcast but like reruns i remember the Ben Stiller film remake as yes. well. Um, and I genuinely, when I just read over this story, I thought, 
haven't we had one already? In my <laughs> yes. head, I was just convinced we'd already had one, but obviously we haven't, so... <laughs> yes, not as a TV show, not as an ongoing TV show. There was a film version, as you mentioned, which was Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, and that was uh, in 2004, which was a sort of much more comedic take than the actual original TV show was. This rather smells of being kind of dramedy area, I would say. Don't know exactly, but the original show starred Paul Michael Glazier and David Soul, and they are in a fictional place called Bay City in California, and they're sort of iconic buddy cops, basically. I mean, they're two very different characters. One's sort of far more laid back, one's much more intense. They're best known probably for the Ford Gran Torino, which was Starsky's car that they used to drive around in. It's just the classic buddy cop TV show. I mean, Mm. it's like the complete archetype of that. So the remake, as they can't ever do straight remakes of things, they're gender flipping the lead roles. So it'll be two female detectives, Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson. The duo will solve crimes in the offbeat town of Desert City while staying true to their friendship, their awesomeness, and somehow also trying to unravel the mystery behind who sent their fathers to prison 15 years ago for a crime they didn't commit. I mean, the way that reads sounds very much like they're doing it as a sort of dramedy kind of the rookie vibe sort of thing. The two people behind it are Sam Sclaver and Elizabeth Pearson. Sclaver was the writer and showrunner on Prodigal Son and Peterson was co-EP on it and also worked on things like The Resident and Newsroom. That sort of Prodigal Son vibe, that sort of dramedy kind of area, I can see it sort of fitting into that ground. I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced, I have to no, say. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of say not I'm not in any way sort of judging. I just do not think fans are gonna like the gender flipping. Yes. Um I, I get what they're trying to do, modernize the text, make sure that it is you know fitting into our relevant audiences and to remove any possible issues, but we are familiar with the characters being male um in all iterations, and I think that might just be too far for our audiences to to accept, really. I mean uh, we enjoy. We got on with um, the Sherlock remake, Elementary. Yes. You know they gender flipped. Yeah. Uh, with Lucy Liu, but I'm just a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think this might be a one season and done. Yeah, and I mean, they did gender flip, I think, one of the roles in Hawaii Five O as well. But it was one of the roles, not the lead character. Yeah. And they've done the same in Magnum, actually. They gender flipped the um, the British butler character was flipped from um. male to female. So it's not unheard of. I don't know. I mean, fine. I don't have a problem with them gender flipping roles. The concept of it as being a buddy cop thing with two male cops is kind of the central part of the show show so i think if they swapped the huggy bear role to a female role i think people would be okay with that yeah you know i think people would be fine with that it's just taking both the main characters and completely flipping them to female roles it changes the dynamic a lot yeah i agree i agree i think and again it's not it's not me just like it's not you i just i know what audiences like and how they react to things and that's why i'm saying it i just do not think it will be accepted by audiences i think they're gonna have that they're gonna be the one sort of saying no we don't want to watch this and you know we can see it rocking down to the bottom of the ratings after a few weeks but yeah prove me wrong prove me wrong fox prove me wrong yes it's not ordered to series yet it is under development on a what they call a script series model which basically means that rather than actually shooting a pilot for it they open a writer's room they develop a bunch of scripts so like the say the first three episodes and then map out the first season where it will go they're then all presented to the network if the network like all the scripts they skip over doing a pilot and actually just shoot it we'll see where it goes they have the writer's room open now they're working on it if they like it then it will go and get a series pickup whether we'll see it over here at all i've who knows because although it's on fox as you said a lot of the fox shows are also disney shows so we get them on disney but a lot of the new stuff like this isn't made by disney it's made by fox themselves which in the US is a separate company. It's part of the Murdoch Empire. The Fox Channel is part of the Murdoch Empire. It's not part of Disney. Although Disney bought all the Fox's stuff, they retained the Fox Channel itself and then set 
up a new production thing or are buying stuff in from other houses rather than getting stuff from Disney. So it's not Disney connected. So we'll see where that goes. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We have a show called Fleischman is in Trouble. That's coming to Disney Plus on the 22nd of February. This is adapted from a best-selling novel of the same name. Stars Jesse Emberg, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes and Adam Brody in the lead roles. So that's coming 22nd of February. Outer Banks, as I mentioned earlier, that returns for its third season, uh, which if you've never seen the Outer Banks, it's, I describe it as what if you made Goonies with the cast of a CW show. That's essentially the setup for it it's it's a a fun sort of adventure thing where they're going after pirate gold and um it's uh, three seasons in now but it's been ordered for a full season so that's uh netflix 23rd of february for outer banks season three beyond paradise the spin-off to death in paradise with chris marshall returning to the role of humphrey goodman that is set in the uk and that is coming on to bbc one on the 24th of february that's beyond paradise Endeavour returns for its ninth and final season on the 26th of February at 8pm. So that's the young Inspector Morse returning to screen. Somebody pointed out this, if you're complaining about the fact that that ending, apparently there was something in the contract from the guy who created Inspector Morse that nobody but John Thor could ever play the old version of Morse. So it can never be remade. Uh. So this young version of Morse had to stop at some point because if it started to butt into the older version, you couldn't do it because it would have to be a different actor that's why there's a young version anyway but 26th of february at 8 p.m for endeavor unforgotten also returns as well with a a brand new sidekick in that i believe uh, but that's uh, itv on the 27th of february and that's at 9 p.m and the diplomat which is a new drama coming to alibi it's a six-part series set in the british consulate in barcelona that's coming on the 28th of february looks like it could be quite good that one so uh, could be worth check out but that's called Diplomat yes few things for you on there I think I definitely am so excited about Unforgotten uh, quite keen about Beyond Paradise as well I think they're going to be my two out of those that'll be I- I'm interested in the Fleischman is in trouble they've seen that but I'm definitely going to be tuning to Beyond Paradise and Unforgotten Death in Paradise finishes this Friday coming and I think it'll be uh, a genuine sort of leap to have Beyond Paradise and their next that should be really good out of bounds for me out of that list and I I'm, I'm, might go and check out the diplomat as well because that looks interesting so if people want to get in touch with you whilst you're not on the podcast where do they want to find you they come over to twitter and follow me on at gray the geek uh, to see me moaning about life in general <laughs> <laughs> yes so go and find gray over there for other people involved in the show you can find bex on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s she's streaming every week over there uh, you can go and check out her schedule on there for the day she's streaming lots of fun stuff going on she's playing lots of video games she's just chatting with people there's lots of fun and uh, lots of silliness that goes on on that stream it's well worth going to check out matt you can find over at entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts including manchester united there's gaming talk there is of course us doing the last of us podcast as well as i mentioned earlier you can go and catch us over on entertainmenttalk.org and daryl you can check out at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series which you love that are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details